0: This is the Clonmel Podcast with Mark Whelan.
1: Bum, 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 bum. Hello, it's Mark here. And yes, it's time for another slice of the Clonmel Podcast for this Friday, the 7th of July. And we're on episode 139. So, how was your week? Did you get over the rain okay? I oh, know I didn't. I got soaked at Wednesdays just going from the car to the house. I mean, come on. <laughs> Saying that, there was a lovely act of kindness that took place in town this week when the heavy showers caught out a woman and her kids walking along O'Connell Street. They were getting drenched until a very kind-hearted motorist stopped their car, got out and handed them a brolly. I believe Coolmore was on the side of the brolly. So well done if that person was you. We see this week that a record number of people attended the Clonmel show on Sunday. Always a fantastic event in town and we look forward to it every year. And well done to the Clonmel Tidy Towns who went out to the show for litter picking afterwards. Despite the inclement weather this week, the 22nd Clormel Scouts were also out tidying up the community garden in King Street, so well done. Congratulations to Phil Guida, who was elected president of the Clormel Rotary this week. Well done, Phil. We also found out that Knocklofty House was sold before it went to auction. I think it went for around 1.6 million. It now also looks like that the town bus service won't be up and running until the end of the year. It was revealed this week too. And don't forget, lots of entertainment currently on in town right now with the Clonmel Junction Festival. That's on until the 9th of July. Get more details at junctionfestival.com. And also the Clonmel Rugby Club's Heineken Music Festival it starts this evening and runs over the weekend and did you know you can also buy tickets at the gate, there's also a shuttle bus running from town to the rugby club. So, what is coming up this week on the Clonmel Podcast? Well, a chat to Vera Hewitt on growing up in Glenconnor, nursing and, of course, Hewitt's Bakery. A Lego summer camp comes to the Talbot Hotel. Snooker legends are coming to town. Plus, news on a Woody's fundraiser. All this and more on the way. The Clummel podcast. But first, the Slieve Le 1848 commemoration takes place this coming Sunday, and I popped along to beautiful Kilcash to find out all the details for you. Dr. Thomas McGrath, welcome to the Clummel podcast. Thank you very much, Mark. Tell us about the
0: history of 1848 here at Slieve Le 1848 in Slieve Le here on the 16th of July, 1848, a great meeting was held on top of Schlievenemann by the Young Islanders led by Michael Dohoney and Thomas Francis Maher. Um, this was in the middle of the Great Famine. Uh, Daniel O'Connell, the leader of the repeal campaign had died the previous year in 1847. And the Young Islanders, who were a youthful group of uh, repeal enthusiasts, were exacerbated by the continuation of the Great Famine, in which a million people died and a million people fled into exile for for their lives, and they were anxious to do something about it. And they were were heading in the direction of a rising, uh, because they were so disgusted with the states. failure to provide adequate relief during the famine in which, as I've said, a million people died. So uh, the meeting was uh, an endeavour to establish the level of support for uh, the Young Islanders at this time. The state the authorities, the legal authorities, were busy trying to arrest the Young Islanders. And when they brought them before the Assizes, they were getting out on, on bail. That wasn't going to last too long more, and the state was intent on arresting the Young Islanders and getting them all into jail as quickly as possible. So it was a race against time. Who would get there first? Would the state have all the Young Islanders in jail or would there actually be some class of an outbreak? Um, what, was, what was driving the thing was um, Young Ireland's exacerbation with the state's failure in the famine. And also what was happening across Europe in 1848, because 1848 was a year of revolutions all across Europe, from Paris, Berlin, Rome, Bucharest, uh, Vienna, Budapest, right across Europe. It was a tremendous, tremendous uh, year for revolutions. And the the leading young islanders, uh, William Smith O'Brien, MP for County Limerick, Thomas Francis Maher, went over to Paris to congratulate the revolutionaries. So they were hoping, these revolutions across the continent were relatively bloodless, and they were hoping, they were inspired by this, the, the, the European context, that they might be able to carry off something similar in Ireland. Certainly that was the hope of William Smith O'Brien MP uh, and O'Brien of, Tho- of Thomond, born in Dramolan Castle who carried great weight in, in terms of his name and his ancestry Brian Baru, and all of that heritage. So he was the acknowledged leader. But in 1848 it was Michael Dehoney of Cashel, born at uh, Brookhill near Feathert, and Thomas Francis Marr, born in Waterford. His father was the Mayor of Waterford and the O'Connell MP for Waterford at this time. These were the two le- leading figures on the mountain. Other locals were there. People like John O'Mahony coming to prominence at Mullock. A sister married Bally Corkine just here in Carrick and Charles Keekham of Munla He He was in all likelihood, also present on the mountain that day. So there were very interesting figures on the mountain and many thousands of people gathered from all around on top of the mountain to hear what Donnie and Mar would have to say. Okay,
1: so tell us a bit more about the reenactment as well.
0: Well, um, the this is this is this idea has come from the local group here who are who are very strong uh, it's it's Lingon Valley Tourism and the Naman Kilcash community group and the idea that the speeches of Mar and Dohani would be reenacted actually on top of the mountain where they were delivered so that's what's promising to happen uh, on the what's being promised for the 16th of, of July That's on the Sunday. What time is it all starting at? It's starting from here at... That reenactment is starting from here at 12 o'clock in terms of the the procedure going up the mountain from 12 o'clock and the hope is to be up there by 2 o'clock. Sharon O'Hearn, I believe, are looking for
1: volunteers to take part in the reenactment as well, is that right?
2: Yes, that's right, Mark. We'd be looking for people to come in period costumes and to go up the mountain that day and to... um, you know reenact what happened in their costumes and be part of there will be a drone there to record so be part of a historic event yes
1: so it's said to be a great weekend
2: absolutely it's going to be a fantastic weekend and we'll have music down here in the village when everybody finishes the walk and yes and there'll be a
0: huge art exhibition by all the children there's 10 schools around the mountain and all the schools have taken part and there will be art galore in the community centre that day. And on Saturday the 15th, I believe you're holding a lecture here, are you? Yes, I'm giving a lecture on the topic of Young Ireland and the 1848 rising in the Kilcash Community Centre at 8pm. And there'll be a trial run for the reenactment of the following day. I'd just like to add that the the, the rising culminated in Ballingarry at what is was now called the Famine Warhouse. 1848, And uh, so this year, again, it's the 175th anniversary of the 1848 rising to the very day. I'm leading the annual walk. It's the 17th annual walk there this year. Uh, It's on at 3pm from the Young Ireland 1848, and national flag monument in the village of the Commons, up to the house where this event took place. And I will be speaking about the event there and launching Professor Willie Nolan's major new two-volume work on the Young Ireland. And movement, which is entitled Remember 48. Okay, Dr. Thomas McGrath, thank you very much, and thank you, Sharon Ahern. Thank you, Rick.
1: The Sleevenamon Golf Club are having a ladies' open day. On Tuesday, the 18th of July, it's a three-person champagne scramble. Members six euros, visitors 15 euros. And to book your place, call this number, 052-61-32213. From Out the Land comes to the and Barracks in town from the 1st to the 10th of September, presented by the Clonmel Junction. Now, the good news is that tickets are now on sale for this epic production. And if you buy your tickets during the Junction Festival, you get them at a discounted rate of 18 euros. More on From Out the Land social media pages. Bricks for Kids are running a summer camp at the Talbot Hotel, where they will learn an entertaining way of developing their problem-solving skills and develop an appreciation of science, technology, engineering and maths. It's for boys and girls aged from 5 to 12 years, and it's on from the 10th to the 14th of July. If you go to the Talbot Hotel Clonmel Facebook page, you can get more information. A canoeing summer camp is coming to town, coached by David McClure. It's an association with the Tipperary Sports Partnership. Now, week one is from the 8th to the 11th of August, price is €60. And week two is on from the 14th to the 18th of August, price €75. It will also take place on the Clonmel Slalom course on the shore. All the details are on the Tipperary Sports Partnership social media pages. Now, if you're about to change your mattress that you've had for about 20 years and it's giving you a bad back, here's some good news for you because now is the time to do it as the recycling centre at the Carrageen Business Park is offering free mattress recycling from the 25th to the 27th of July. Now, maximum three mattresses per household as well. Social Dancing comes to the Feathered Ballroom this coming Sunday, the 9th of July, with Ashton Rafferty and Noel Ryan. It all gets underway at 8.30pm. Admission is just €10 Euros and teas will be served. And by the way, you may have noticed the uh, bad car part there. The good news is it looks like it will be resurfaced at some stage too. Guardia in Town are looking for witnesses to a burglary that took place in a house in Kilshieland This happened on Monday night at around 11.30pm, where a number of fishing rods and equipment was taken. Guddy believed three people were involved and they used a blue way to get to and from the scene that night. Any information, please contact the Clonmel Garda on 052 Now, last week I spoke to podcaster Nuala Cleary about her new podcast, Island Crimes and Mysteries. Well, the latest episode on the death of father Niall Malloy is now available to listen to on all major podcast platforms. That is such a great podcast. Busy Bees in town are introducing their new bus service from St. Oliver's School to Busy Bees, St. Mary's and the presentation in September. If you'd like to book your child a place, you can email office at busybeesclommel.com. A Tipperary Baby Market from Baby Market Island is coming to the Talbot Hotel on Sunday, September the 10th from 12 to 2 p.m. There'll be a bargain bonanza of quality pre-love maternity, baby and child-related items and lots more. Admission is €6 Euros per person, 9 for a family, and kids are free. For more, check out www.babymarket.ie. Staying with the Talbot Hotel, a Woody's Hero fundraiser is coming there on the 12th of August with a DJ playing music from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Now, that is what I'm talking about. Tickets are €10, Euros, going to good causes, and you can buy them from Woody's at the Poppy Fields. There'll also be a raffle on the night, and it all starts at 8.30pm. Snooker legends Ken Doherty and Dennis Taylor are coming to Kate Ryan's pub on Thursday, the 3rd of August. You can get a superior VIP ticket for 60 euros, which includes private pre-match reception, which is quite hard to say. Photos. You get to play a few frames with one of the players and there's finger food as well. Get more on the Kate Ryan social media pages. Love gardening? Well, the Clonmel Garden Club meets up on the first Wednesday of every month at Hotel Manila at 8pm. New members are also welcome to come along. The Clarahan Ladies Football Club are holding a 5k walk-jog run on Friday the 14th of July at 7.30pm. Now, registration is €15, which can be done online or at the community hall at 6pm. Refreshments will be served afterwards and proceeds go towards the Clarahan Ladies Football Club. For more details, you can call Mark on this number, 087-631-4814. Do you like to sew? Do you have a sewing machine? Well, Clonmel Applefest are looking for volunteers to help with their flag project over the summer months. Now, the flags will be exhibited on the streets of Clonmel in September. They meet every Wednesday from 5.30pm to 7.30pm at the Clonmel Community Resource Centre. And for more information, email registerapplefest at gmail.com. Tip Indian Summerfest takes place on the 22nd of July. That's a Saturday from 11am to 8pm at the Ferry House Sports Complex So much going on here, including sport, games, tug-of-war dance, and live music. All are welcome to attend. The Clonmel Library Book Bus will be coming to the Convent Community Hall car park in Feathered for four Wednesday afternoons, starting on the 12th of July from 1.30pm to 3pm. Wilderness Robots FC are having a fundraiser at the Clonmel Greyhound Track on Friday the 14th of July, Tickets are just €10 and there'll be a raffle on the night. Get more details on their Facebook page. Seesaw have a free coffee morning every Monday and Wednesday at Seesaw House 24 William Street from 10.30am to 12.30pm. You can pop in for a cuppa and a chat and also find out what Seesaw is all about. The Alison Cronin Dance Academy Summer Camps are now taking bookings. It's on from the 17th to the 21st of July from 10am to 2pm. This is a fun-filled week of dancing, singing, arts and crafts, suitable for children aged between 5 and 13 years. For more information or to book your child a place, you can contact Jess on this number, 086 109 5062. South Tipperary Women in Business are holding a fundraising walk to raise funds for concert. The 10k walk will take place on the 15th of July, leaving Kilsheiland at 10am traveling along the Blue Way and then returning to Kielsen where refreshments will be served. You can also donate on their GoFundMe page. Clomel Commercials are having their annual Golf Classic on Friday the 14th of July at the Clomel Golf Club. Teams are for €120, Euros, not a golfer. You can sponsor a tee for €50. Euros. Get more on the Clomel Commercials Facebook page. When Next We Meet comes to Raheem House on the 22nd and 23rd of July with a fantastic lineup of Irish artists plus DJs and street food. You can get your tickets now at whennextwemeet.ie and I'll be chatting to Kate Tuig about this on next week's podcast. Monday night is bingo night at Hillview Sports Club. Jackpot stands at €1,000 with two grand in prize money and it all starts at 8pm. The Tipperary Involvement Centre is located at a place for you at 25 Gladstone Street here in town. And should you fancy dropping in for a chat, they're open Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday from 11am to 1pm with their Friends Peer Support Group on the first Friday of every month from 11am to 1pm too.
2: The Clonmel Podcast Job Spot.
1: Jobs this week, what have we got? Ralph Nursing Home are looking to hire a chef, experienced cook and a staff nurse for more Call this number 052618200 or forward your CV to rathkevennursing at gmail.com. That's rathkevennursing at gmail.com. Inspire Beauty are looking for a stylist to join their team. You can WhatsApp Catra Nell on this number 0834613173. Duns in town are looking for cleaning staff. More on www.duns.tal.net. IMC Cinema here in town are looking for a part-time Flexi General Staff member to join their team. You must be over 18 and available to work weekdays and weekends. You can email your CV to clommel at imc.ie or just drop it in to the cinema while you're going to see the latest Mission Impossible film. Abbott in town are looking for operators on a two-cycle shift in town. Get more on jobs.abbott.com. Dove Hill are looking to hire line cooks, deli chefs, and experienced waiting staff for their cafe. You can send your CV to gcaroll at blarney.com. Love the musicians playing the music down there with the old VW camper last week as well. And finally, Clomalogue has a number of vacancies for eligible participants to work in a variety of roles around the club under the TUS employment programme, now, to qualify, you must be in receipt of job seekers or disability allowance for 12 months or more, and you'll be working 19 and a half hours per week where all benefits are retained whilst on the scheme. For more details, contact Eddie in confidence on this number, 86 601 If you'd like to advertise a job on the Clomel Podcast, just email theclomelpodcast at gmail.com. Now, time for this week's interview, and I met up with Vera Hewitt for a chat. The Clomwell Podcast. Vera Hewitt, welcome to The Clonmel Podcast. Thank you. It's great to have you on the podcast.
2: And I'm delighted to be on it.
1: Can we ask you firstly about Hewitt's Bakery? When did Hewitt's Bakery first open? Uh,
2: 1966. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I had, I suppose, always ambitions. I trained as a nurse.
1: Really? As I did. I didn't know that. Yeah.
2: I worked in St. Luke's.
1: Go away. Yeah.
2: And people often said to me, Oh, how do you work in there? I'd be afraid. And I'd say to them, and it was the truth, there were saner people in there. And we're walking around outside. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. That was the truth. So we'll we'll come back to St. Luke's in a minute because I've just yeah. found this out now. But so tell us about the bakery. The,
2: the bakery. Um Billy and I married in 1960 mm. and we had a girl and a boy by the time we opened the bakery in 1966. Now I'm going back to a man called uh stapleton who was across the street in mitchell street where barrett's were drapery okay i think there's a record shop or something there now but david stapleton was a close friend of billy's father and he was also looking after a man called johnny holland right. who was in 26 Mitchell Street and he asked Johnny Holland to let the bakery it was a shop to Billy now Johnny Holland's wife uh, they had a tea room there but which was now closed mm. and I, she used to make little queen buns mm. little fairies and uh, so there was a start of and baking, a baking yeah. there in a small way. But David Stapleton said to Johnny Holland, Well, you were a friend of uh, Billy's father and let the place to him. And talk about the look of it. Billy used to go up and give Johnny Holland his breakfast mm. and his lunch. He looked after johnny holland although the the jubilee nurse i think she came in Mm -hmm. once a day but um, we were only there about six months when johnny holland died and we would have missed out on the the bakery now johnny holland didn't own it it was belonging to the shortest estate and the shortest estate was in waterford i think there may have been two old ladies right they owned practically all of mitchell street oh, wait, really. that was at the time yeah. yes what did they call them ground landlords mm, or mm. something like that and there was ground rent paid but i think that was all done away with in later on years, yeah. yeah you paid rates but you didn't pay this ground rent but um yes we started there in 1966 and my friend and power
1: and power no and well yes yes
2: she was with us the first day we started really yep she was there oh maybe for <laughs> two or three years um and then she had her own children so she was unable to come mm. but strangely years went by and when her children were all reared she went back i was actually gone from the bakery um sure Anne ann was able to run the place backwards if you know what i mean she knew the start the center and the end yep
1: what was Clonmill like? In 1966, when you opened the bakery. Busy town?
2: Oh yeah, it was very busy Mm. at that time. And people, you know, there wasn't so much traffic. People walked everywhere. Mm. And you had special days in Clonmel, like the Fair Day. People couldn't even imagine it now. And the cows all down O'Connell Street. I think that was the only street the cows were in, mostly.
1: Oh, Is it true that it. the businesses used to board up their wi- their windows? That's
2: correct, yes. On a Tuesday evening mm. because uh, the cows could come in, be in at seven o'clock in the morning. They'd leave the Nire Valley and walk the cows into Clonmel. Mm. There was no um, lorries. Transport, yeah. Yeah, there at that time. Oh yeah, Very fair busy. day was a busy day. Mm.
1: What other businesses were in Mitchell Street when you were there in the early days? Can you remember what was there?
2: Yes, uh, all the shops practically were taken up in Mitchell Street. Uh, we had drapery, we had jewelers, we had the bakery, uh, draper. we had tea rooms, and we also had a shop, Brendan O'Mahony, the travel agent yeah. is there now. That was Mrs. Sargent's and she gave what people called dinners. Really? Yeah. Men working we will say on the building sites or mm. you know general working maybe working in showering's Bulmers as we called it at the time uh, they would go there there was another place in Gladstone Street Mrs. O'Brien and you'd get what was called a good dinner
1: so you could go in food sit down and get a nice meal
2: and get a nice meal but they were mostly the same people going in every day you know they wouldn't have unless people coming into town yeah. and they'd get they it wasn't called lunches it was called
1: Dinner. Probably a good wholesome yeah. dinner, yeah. like a big bacon and cabbage big, meal, or yeah. yes. mashed potato, yes. or yep. potatoes rather, yes. and yep. that sort yep. of thing. Yep. Great and idea.
2: In Mitchell Street, we also had um, a place called, I think it's Bennigan's. Bennigan's is
1: there now. Yeah, it was yeah. the heart years yeah. ago, wasn't it? That
2: was a hotel. Really, Hogan's Hotel. Hogan's Hotel. Hogan's hotel. Yeah, and all these little old men lived there. (laughs) Some of them, you know, uh, ancient, Mm, mm. ancient. And there was a lady running it, Miss Mokler. I remember her name, and she loved the currant cake. The homemade bread, the white mm. one, with the currants mm. or salt. Billy never used currants. He always said, currants cheapened a cake. He'd only have
1: <laughs> sultan- sultanas. <laughs> yeah,
2: or uh, sultanas and raisins. Right. Because currants went into little hard lumps. But at that time, I'm sure maybe they might be doing something different to them now.
1: Was but, um, was Kitty Gaffney's florist there at the time?
2: Uh Yes she was. Ah. Um Kitty and Peter.
1: Peter, that's right. The
0: Gethleys, that's Yeah.
2: Right. Um I'm not too sure how long after we were there that Kitty came or was she there beforehand? I can't actually remember. But um oh she did a terrific business. That was a uh, sort of gave mitchell street one of the businesses that would have given mitchell street a lift mm, a florist mm, mm, mm. and a beautiful florist
1: mm, it certainly yeah. was
2: and we had the black rock
1: the black rock what, what was the black rock explain a
2: draper's oh wow shop um where you know the the street down to the friary i do the one on the left i do corner yeah there you could stand in oh. you know the you could go in from abbey street or you could go in from mitchell Mitchell street Street. it's Ah, it's the same building as it always was the black rock that was uh they sold good cheap clothes right yeah both men's and ladies now i don't think they sold children's clothes they didn't but uh, the Black Rock was a famous place. But of course, the opening of Dunn's Doors then, drapery, finished the Black Rock. Really? Yes, because you could go to Dun's and get cheap clothes. Where was Dunn's then? Dunn's was in O'Connell Street. Ah, it's closed now. Yes, it's I know what It's a closed building. Now. That's right. And then we had in O'Connell Street, um, Tommy O'Brien and Mae londrigan next door. And May Londrigan sold vegetables. Right. Very good vegetables. And in the better days, she'd sit outside the door in her fur coat. <laughs> and she'd weigh your potatoes <laughs> and she'd wearing a mink coat. <laughs> yeah.
1: I get the sense of a lovely community, especially on oh, yes. Mitchell Streets.
2: Yes, yes. When you were there. People were very uh Very close. Mm. Alice McGrath, now, she had the little bacon shop. Mm. Theresa Nugent had it afterwards. But Alice, uh, I'd be watching out for Alice. Uh, She wouldn't get up until 12 Mm o'clock in the day. And people would be waiting outside the door and coming over to me asking, what time do you think will Miss McGrath open? And I'd look out and I'd say, sh- I'd say she will be open soon. But I remember her saying to me one day that she read a lot and that she'd hear Billy going in in the morning, cause he went in maybe three o'clock
1: to do the banking Four,
2: yeah. Dependent on which day he'd have maybe different times. And I think she was there living alone. And when she'd hear Billy going in, she knew there was somebody up in the street. And then she relaxed and went to sleep. But she'd read up until then. What was a big
1: seller in your bakery?
2: Oh, well, number one would have been our brown bread. Mm. I mean, uh, Billy Billy trained in Bobby O'Brien's. And a man came over from Scotland. I'll always remember his name was John Meyer. And he came and it was from Billy. Uh, From him, Billy got all his recipes. Because Billy had recipes that they didn't have in town. And um, he went back to Scotland to John Meyer. And he... Train there, and then he came back and he went to Mary Corbett's, the favorite.
1: Right. You
2: know, it's down at the end of Parnell Street. I've heard of the favorite. It's a restaurant now. It was a way before its time. Mary had these tables and basket chairs, and she had coffee and these fancy little cakes, like Paris. (laughs) That's what it reminded (laughs) me at the time. Because there was nothing like Mm. Mary Corbett's in Clonmel and Eileen Sparrow. Mm. Uh, You would have heard of Sparrow and Simpsons. Mm. Yeah, Eileen was married to Jack Sparrow and they had two children, Alan and Mary. Mary Mary lives in town. Lovely, beautiful family. Um, th- their brother was Willie Corbett. He was mayor of Clonmel. And, well, he was definitely on one occasion and maybe two. And he was such a funny man. I can remember as a child being taken to St. Mary's Hall in Irish Town to the concerts. And Willie Corbett would be the leading light.
1: Really?
2: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Wow. I can I can remember him. Willie had the printing works. Uh, Nolo Gorman was there oh, afterwards. Fieldmaster
1: field Nolo Gorman, isn't it? Yes. Yes, yeah,
2: there. That oh. was Willie Corbett's printing shop. And actually, going back, I don't know, was he their granduncle, their uncle, but... Corbett's had a kind of a meal bakery in Irish town. Right. And what's there now? You know that restaurant that's in Irish town?
1: Townhouse Deli? Townhouse Deli? Townhouse Deli. Townhouse Deli. (laughs) But
2: that was Corbett's when I was a child. Ah. Yeah. They were were definitely related to... um, The favourite, Corbett's. That's
1: funny, isn't it? Yeah. You mentioned mayor there, of course. You were mayor on, was it two occasions yourself? Two
2: occasions, yes.
1: How did you find that? It
2: was a great honour. And I met so many important Mm. people. I was in Oris on Oukteron. Oh, I remember Seamus Hayes, county manager, beautiful man. He asked me if I would look after the Australian ambassador. His name was McCarty. Mm. They they were from Tipperary. Not Clonmel now, mm. Terence McCarty and his wife. So they came to Clonmel for a weekend and I took them everywhere. I remember the first evening I took them to Mr. Bumble's. <laughs>
0: yeah. It
2: was only after opening then. Yeah and then we went to the Cashel Palace. He invited me then up to the embassy. So, uh, Tom O'Doire was acting town clerk at the time, and Tom and Bernie Fennessy. Bernie, Bernie yes. way, yeah, no Bernie, yeah. Yep, yeah, he was town sergeant, so I, off I go to Dublin with the two men. And we went to the Australian Embassy. But that wasn't the best of it. When we were there, he invited us out to his home. What, in Australia? No, his home in Dublin. (laughs) So off, here am I in the ambassador's car thinking I was nearly the queen. I'd
1: say, yeah, lady muck. <laughs>
2: with, with the flags <laughs> flying. <laughs> and the motorbike out ahead. Oh,
1: the police escort, yeah, Yes,
2: yeah, yeah, he had the, uh, <laughs> I don't know whether they, uh, the ambassadors have those now, but at that time they did anyway. And out to Killiney, that oh, was where his nice. home was. Oh, right. oh my God, it was just beautiful. And I had lunch, and dinner. But we had a great few days, and we only went for overnight. <laughs> and, oh yes, we went for three days. We stayed for three days. I think Bernie was nearly killed when he came home <laughs> because I don't know. Did he tell anybody he was <laughs> going? He was going. <laughs> oh oh my yeah, God. yeah, the Australian okay. ambassador.
1: you mentioned nursing earlier during the interview and that you were a nurse in St Luke's for a while
2: oh yes I was I can recall my first day
1: well what was that like
2: I was terrified Mm. not terrified of anybody but Mm. just a new place new job and all Mm. but I had a beautiful nurse in charge I was in the little building, the TB ward, mm. just down the road in Glen Connor, mm. Patricia Canaan, Pat Canaan, and she was the loveliest person. But anyway, I would come in in the morning and take over from the night nurse, and you took the beds out on the veranda, health and safety, you wouldn't do it on your own now, but. I was taught did. how to do it.
0: Yeah.
2: Put the patient out sitting on a chair, put the clothes on some other thing, take off the mattress, can you imagine on your own? And I was only small. Mm. And turn the bed on the side and maneuver it out the door onto the oh, veranda.
1: Good God. How long are we in St Luke's for? How long we working?
2: I was there, I did my finals, and I remember I wasn't 21. <laughs> I had, I got my badge and my scroll, and I was all delighted. Here I am, a registered nurse. And the next thing, I got a letter from Board Aldronus, asking me to send them back because I wasn't twenty-one you had and to be I couldn't 21. be registered ah, as a nurse.
1: okay. That but was very when disappointing. I was
2: twenty-one, mm. on the day exactly the day they came back to me <laughs> so i had them and i had my my badge i was just delighted
1: how long were you nursing for
2: oh very short time mm. as a registered nurse right because i got uh, i got married in 1960.
1: so we met billy and then the bakery and, came along
2: uh, yeah well we had two children
1: yeah.
2: uh first And then the bakery.
1: The bakery came along. Yeah.
2: Now the bar bar on women working was lifted. And lots of people. I remember
1: hearing about this. I couldn't believe this law back in the day.
2: Yeah. I couldn't go back to St. Luke's.
1: So as a single woman, you could work. But when you got married, am I I getting this right? You had to give up work. Yeah.
2: If you were in a Tell me what type of job? We'll say a government-run job. Mm. Uh, if you were working in a shop,
1: yeah,
2: you wouldn't have to give up.
1: You wouldn't have to give no. up. No. All right. No, but government-run job, you would have to. A
2: government-run job. If you were teaching,
1: you have to. You'd have to give up. Yeah. I can't
2: believe that.
1: Wasn't it unbelievable?
2: was crazy. a discrimination yeah. against women. And I recall reading on a sunday paper one time that somebody in my position she was a nurse in some hospital and Mm. had to give up and when the ban was lifted she took an action against Mm. the minister Mm. for health i suppose yeah and won yeah but what happened they closed it down straight away
1: yeah she
2: got a fortune of money, yeah, yeah. but they weren't leaving it open.
1: That's a crazy law, though, yeah. wasn't it? That was it a was. crazy law. And where in town did you grow up? Just down the road. Just down the road? So yeah, still Glen I've Connor, always
2: or? lived in Glen Connor yeah. since I was 10 days old.
1: <laughs> Good times playing along Glen Connor? Gr-
2: great times, great times. Uh, all lovely people, mm. you know. And uh, I can remember standing inside the gate when i was little but (laughs) i'm smiling when i say i was little i was Mm. cute enough because on a wednesday they got their pensions Mm.
1: the men right
2: and they'd now not all of them but some of them would go off and have a few pints and i remember one or two coming up the road and they'd be singing there was one man who used to sing up the Connacht Rangers. <laughs> maybe that was his regiment. And I'd be inside the gate mm. because I'd get threepence. <laughs> that was a lot of money. Right. And sometimes maybe he wouldn't be quite as drunk and he'd pretend he wouldn't see me. <gasps> I'd be coughing and doing all sorts. But he'd come back. And he gave me the, the troppens, It was a kind of a, a golden thing. Mm, mm. I think that, oh no, it was the penny, the hen was a penny. She's the hen and the chickens. What
1: would you do with the money? What would you do with it?
2: i put it in my purse. Don't spend was, it? Oh no, I was always good to mine money. And I'd, <laughs> I'd go down... Uh, I'd buy my Enid Blyton book.
1: All right, okay.
2: Yeah, down in Carries. <laughs>
1: down in Carries, which yeah, is still there today. It's still
2: there today. Mm. Yeah, different donors, but yeah. it's still there.
1: That's
2: brilliant. Go brilliant. And I remember going down one night. Uh, this was have been a Friday. The Enid Blyton came. So I had been down and it wasn't in. Mm. And I had to go home and I was watching the time to go down again, but it was getting dark. But anyway, off I went on my bicycle, and I was cycling down the footpath, and I slammed bang into a man coming up. Oh my God! And as I remember him saying, "Oh, my belly! Oh God!" And he kept saying to me, "Who are you, child?" Now, how he knew I was a child? (laughs) Who are you, child? And he was feeling the bicycle, and I didn't open my mouth. And he said, oh, I'll know you. You have a basket on your bicycle. And very few children had baskets. Mm, mm, They might not have even had a bike (laughs) on their bike. So what did I do? I took the basket off my bike.
1: So he wouldn't recognize you again. So he
2: wouldn't recognize me. And well, I put it on maybe time afterwards?
1: What was Glen Connor like here? Because today we've got housing estates around Glen Connor. What was it like back in your day? Like the garden centre? That was Cleves. Cleves.
2: Cleves, and they had a lovely garden. And I remember Mrs. Cleve was an American.
1: Right.
2: Her name was Pennyman. Okay. And I can recall her mother mm. coming over to visit and they had a pony and trap mm. and i can still see i didn't realize where they were going with the trap filled with flowers mm. i'd be watching but i used to watch everything as the kid but they were going to the horse show right i discovered that as i got older mm.
1: was it a business they had the pennymans
2: Oh, no, no, no. That was just their house. They were just rich people.
1: Rich people.
2: But Harry Cleave was um, connected to Cleave's Toffees in Uh, Limerick. In Limerick, that's right. Yes. Yes, and he was a distant cousin, maybe second, third, of Brian Cleave, the author.
1: Right. So when did the garden centre people take over that? Or when did it become the garden centre? Oh, uh,
2: it was a number of years afterwards because I know there was a few people there. Mm. Uh, Tom Coffey, actually, he ended up buying a house in Melview. He was married to Nell Rhine. You know Rhine's Butchers yes. in Irish Town? Yes. I, I'm nearly certain it was to one of the Rhines, Tom Coffey. And Usher Tom was a lovely man. He lived there for a time.
1: There's so much I could talk to you about and I could go on forever, but sadly, time has beaten us. So one final question. Do you have a favourite place in Clonmel?
2: St. Patrick's Well St. Patrick's and well. Marlefield Lake.
1: Beautiful, isn't
2: Yeah, it? and Marlefield Village. Mm.
1: Did you always go to the well as a kid, did you?
2: Oh, I did, and mm. I went to Marlefield because my uncle, Paddy, lived in Marlefield in the village. Right. Yeah so school holidays christmas holidays i went to marleyfield and of course when i got my bicycle when i was 13.
1: this is the one with the basket
2: this is the one with the (laughs) basket yes yes (laughs) i cycled everywhere
1: everywhere everywhere
2: Mm. i know i remember my friend and um i uh and and another friend Mm. We used to cycle out in the Clofty to the stage. There was a stage. You know what a stage is? Yeah, at yeah, the crossroads sort yeah, of. Yeah. yeah, there was a stage there and we'd go out but we had to Mr English was in charge and he'd make sure you were gone home well before dark. Oh. He'd say, You have to go home now, girls. <laughs> Yeah, and should we go off. And I remember we cycled to Mallory. Can that's a good imagine?
1: That's a good cycle now, Vera.
2: That's a good cycle. And I often look at you know, as you go in Mallory Gates, yeah. there's a building there. Just at the gates. There is. And that was where you stayed.
1: Yeah.
2: Women stayed. There was some place else for men. Right. That place now they have a large place built, yeah, yeah. a guest house. Do
1: you know what? Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast, Vera. Ooh. I've loved hearing your story.
2: Yeah, and I loved, uh, <laughs> well, reminiscent, shall we say.
1: Great memories. Great, Great memories. memories. Vera Hewitt, thank you so much.
2: And thank you. The
0: Clumball
2: Podcast.
1: Thank you, Vera. So there we have it. That is the Clonmel Podcast for this Friday. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to get in contact, you can WhatsApp me on 089-202-3294. Email Podcast at gmail.com. And you'll find us on Instagram, Facebook, and also Twitter, plus the website, theclonmelpodcast.com. Have a great week. Enjoy the rest of the Clonmel Junction Festival and the Heineken Music Festival at Clonmel Rugby Club too. See ya!
0: You've been listening to the Clumbell Podcast with Mark Whelan. Produced by West 10 Audio Productions. Your town, your podcast.